sequence time. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Tuesday. Doug, what do you know? I know that the Georgia Bulldogs are the <laughs> national champions. Not that that's the big news, but I think it is probably big news in our world, right? I mean, like, uh, I think there were a lot of people watching the football game last night. Yeah, I, I, I stayed up it. to midnight. Did I, you stay yeah. up to midnight? Yeah, it was one of those where you kind of hoped that it was going to be decisive at halftime so you could go to go to bed, but it was a close game. So, yeah, I watched the whole thing. Well, I have to say that um, watching um, – Watching Bennett, uh, Bennett's story is very similar in some ways to Kurt Warner's story. You know, and I didn't really know his story until last night. I don't know why. I I knew he. I didn't know he had went to Georgia as a walk on. You're gonna. I, I listened to it on mute. So yeah, I watched the game on mute. So oh, you did. You're gonna have to tell me. His you don't story. know his story. No, I don't. Okay. Well, our folks in Mississippi and Meridian, uh, they probably heard of him because. Uh, Bennett, the quarterback for Georgia, went to the University of Florida, or Georgia as a walk-on because that was his dream. He grew mm. up in Georgia wanting to play for the Georgia Bulldogs. He So he got recruited by some, I think, Division II schools, but went to Georgia as a walk-on. After a short time there, uh, transferred to Mississippi to, mm. uh, I think it was either Jones, I think it was Jones Junior College there, because Mississippi has some really good uh, junior college football programs going on there where a lot of guys go to D1 top mm-hmm. five schools. And so um, he went there, played, and then came back to Georgia on a scholarship hmm. for his last couple of years. But uh, when he came back, he was like third on the depth chart and then stepped in at the end of last year and did a good job. And I don't even know if he was going to be the starter at the beginning of this year. I think they said – that he wasn't and so he ended up doing it and it was just it was good to watch because it was one of those things that you you know you couldn't have written it better and he he uh ended up having a fumble late in the game that could have been really costly and it was funny because the Alabama quarterback had a time where he his hand went forward too and they called and it was picked up they ruled it a touchdown and uh they called it back and said, no, his hand was forward. But with him, because the ball came out. Now, this is my contention. My contention, had the ball came out spiraling instead of wobbly, <laughs> they wouldn't have called it a fumble. Because that's what happened with uh, the quarterback for Alabama. Mm-hmm. When he moved his arm, it came out wobbly. And one of the announcers made the contention, and I agree, that his hit was a his throw was affected by the hit on him, mm-hmm. and so it did. His just arms collapsed and the ball went wobbly. So they called it a fumble. Had it been a spiral, I don't think they would have called it a fumble. 
I mean, you saw it, right? Replayed. Yeah, and you know, ever since uh, Tom Brady and the Raiders, you know, uh, Tuck rule, I, I have been confused about that. So I just kind of eh, whatever. Well, my point is that uh, you know, Young threw a, a spiral, <laughs> his spiral, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so they call, you know they went back, even though they initially called it a fumble. But it was a great game, and uh, it was good to watch. Uh, just to watch the game, my wife was stressing out the whole time because it was a defensive game and you know defensive games are are stressful because the offense yeah. really didn't do anything but i was happy for that kid and uh you know it, it, it was just a it was good there's something about the underdog isn't it yeah. i mean i don't know what it is but people i don't know well even though lee corso uh predicted and several of the pregame announcers called georgia to win well, it is hard to beat a team twice, you know, so that I could see that. But, yeah, it, I think for the the uh, public at large, they were definitely the underdog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, I I think they were, but I, I'm happy. I got a lot of Georgia neighbors. They'll be happy for a while. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, again, it's it's a game, and now it's over. And at the end of the day, um, you have a championship ring, but – you know, you got to go out in the real world now. The truth is most of those high school seniors, most of them will go out in the world. They'll have a great memory, but nobody's going to remember that as far as like putting food on their table. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to go out and work. They're going to have to go into the real world. Uh, at some point, everybody who plays the game, unless you turn out to be a Tom Brady or a Terry Bradshaw or somebody of that caliber, the game still ends for them, too, though. It does. And at some point, yeah, but some of those guys got big enough paychecks. They <laughs> invested and they can live off of their their investments. But for most people, you know, um, it, it's just a game. But we are drawn to it. And I think we're drawn to it to see the competition, to see the teamwork. You know, uh, we, we want to feel some sense of identity. In fact, the thing that strikes me is – there's a lot of believers or professing believers, I'll say, that draw more identity to their favorite college team than they do Jesus. Mm. And that's really something that we need to check. We need to, and by check, I mean, we need to run a check on that and say that should not be the case. Uh, there's really nothing in our lives as believers that should garner our identity or, or draw us to being identified uh, with anything more than being identified with Christ. And um, as we go into this year, you know, we said yesterday the theme of the year for SWAT, and we're going to talk about it hopefully every week because you'll remind me every week, <laughs> even if I forget, is proclaiming, proclaiming this year. And with that being said, how'd you like that for a segue? Right, um, yeah, we uh, we have a guest on Thursday that I wanted to give you a heads up. I reached out to my friend Perry Bowers. Perry runs a ministry called Focus Living Ministries, and he's been a mentor of mine for 20-plus years. And um, he could not do the interview on Thursday, but he recommended a young guy uh, named uh, Sinclair uh, who has a ministry up in South Carolina called Forerunners for Christ. And uh, it's a boots-on-the-ground ministry. He said it's not a church. There's no building uh, but it's a missionary and prayer movement. And Perry told me about this guy 
that this guy shares the gospel with everybody he meets. Like he is a walking proclamation, like just animal. Mm. And so uh, we're going to um, have him on Thursday to hear his story. Uh, but uh, he started off at age 16 uh, with a musical gift for Christian rap music. Hmm. And so, um, and his mentors began to call him Forerunner as his rap name. That was his rap name. So, uh, anyway. I thought he just liked, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, Forerunner yeah. Yeah, vehicles. That's <laughs> what I thought, too. But, um, anyway, he he really believed that his name was kind of a, kind of uh, prophetically given, so to speak, through these friends of his to be a carrier of God's word. And, uh, and it originates from John the Baptist, who was a forerunner for the coming of Christ. And so that's, he was the original forerunner, right? Yeah. You know, it's cool that, you know, you said he was, uh, was into rapping when he was younger. I, I don't know if you, you probably don't, but there's a lot of Christian rappers, quote unquote, or people who used to be Christian rappers who are now apostating, uh, from the faith. And, um, well, know, there's a lot of pastors who well, are yeah. either that or going woke. <laughs> yeah, you you yeah. know what I mean. And, yeah. and so it's cool to hear somebody who's you know from that uh, that uh, arena who's you know still standing strong and doing good things. So it's pretty cool. Well, uh, I am uh, excited to have him on and have him on sharing just about uh, what he's doing and and uh, how he's been uh, encouraged to share the gospel. And again. This being the year of uh, proclamation, uh, I hope that you will really ask God to give you an opportunity to proclaim. Um, you know, I had another opportunity today to speak truth to somebody and to proclaim. And uh, there, there are, the opportunities abound out there right now with everything going on. You know, yesterday we were talking about um, uh, Bob Saget and his passing, and I was uh, reminded of a article i read uh oh gosh uh it was a it was a while back but it was on um regrets after you pass away like you know getting at the end of your life and and actually having regrets looking back and and you know the things in life you wished you would have done and uh it had the top five it was some from some magazine for seniors and everything and you know it just talked a lot about um you know nobody nobody goes to their deathbed and says i wish i would have worked more uh i wish i would have spent more time working Hmm. (laughs) you know i nobody does that uh nobody's on their deathbed goes man i really wish i would have uh spent more money on myself Hmm. uh they don't they don't think that way and it just goes through some of those things. Maybe I'll I'll go through them when we come back. But uh, you know, proclaiming is why we're here. We're here to walk in relationship with God and to be His forerunners, to use uh, Sinclair's uh, terminology there, uh, to be the forerunner of Christ, to tell people about Jesus and point people to Him. So this week we're going to be talking about that. We talked about Prem Pradhan yesterday uh, from Nepal. And um, uh, our theme verse for this week is our text is Matthew 5, 14 through 16. And so uh, we'll have you read that. We're going to read it every day, and we'll just talk about that and what it means to really have a lifestyle of being a proclaimer. 
All right. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at, at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Well, I'm glad I'm not in charge of the drops because uh, my head might be on the chopping block. Oh, yeah. As it were. I, I uh, okay. At some point, Steve, we have to move on. I mean, I know you like Christmas, but we've got we've to move on beyond the Christmas music, uh, especially when it's Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I could deal with Holy, 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 or, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, what was the hallelujah i can deal with those but jingle bell rock it's we got to move on beyond that uh anyway uh it is good to be back live isn't it taylor it is it is nice it's uh it was kind of funny getting uh used to it again yesterday kind of had to get uh my voice back and ready you know it had been what three it'd been almost a month man it's been a long time it has it, it had been a long time and uh i'm uh, glad we're back in the studio live talking about things and i'd mentioned the top five regrets of the dying this was really from an article written i don't know 10 years ago um you've been getting aarp for 10 years <laughs> no, man? no they start sending it very early when you hit 50 man they start sending it oh you. do they really yeah oh, um, man. uh but you know one of the things that uh, they said actually was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not what other people expected of me. I thought that was interesting because we do feel a lot of external pressure to be somebody we're not a lot of times. Like from people, they have expectations of us. And and we have false expectations that we think God has of us. You yeah, know, because... 
we don't we don't have a good understanding of who we are in Christ. And I think that one kind of cuts both ways, though. I think there's a lot of people who, you know, they just live, you know, true to themselves, quote unquote, without ever taking on, you know, any sort of responsibility or anything uh, greater and beyond themselves. But, you know, I do understand, I think, where they're coming from on that. But uh, just kind of looking at you know, my generation. And no, stuff, no, no, no. I, I get what you're I get where you're coming from. And I think, uh, you know, I think you're right. I think that there are people who have their own version of truth, <laughs> yeah. who who are are being true themselves. I'm not so much talking about that as um, I, I think it's talking about, um, you know, just allowing other people outside of you to their expectations to drive everything. Mm. We as believers, um, we should be driven by the relationship with God, first of all. And then he does lay out expectations in his word for us as his children, because as his children, we represent him to a world that really could care less about him a lot of times that that is in darkness. And we are uh, the bearers of truth. We're the bearers of hope. And that's why we are to proclaim Um but I just thought that was interesting that they put that in there. The second thing they said is, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Um, again, probably indicative of your generation. That's probably not a regret they're going to have. <laughs> uh, 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 no cut intended to you personally because uh, I know you're a hard worker. But, you know, uh, I do think that we tend to, um, at least in my generation, there was a, a – uh, almost workaholic kind of uh, attitude. Yeah. Uh, there was a hard work ethic in the generation before us that that kind of carried over somewhat that I just think there needs to be some kind of balance in there. You know, you don't, yeah. you don't get your identity from your work, which we do a lot of people. Uh, just to be candid, that's a battle for everybody. Anybody that says they don't, especially guys, but even now women, that's where mm-hmm. they get their, a lot of their identity. Um, uh, you, you got to understand from scripture that, um, our identity should be in Christ and our value is in him, not the kind of work we do. We should do good work, but we do that to glorify him. And I think, you know, we're talking about your generation and where that's coming from is that, that kind of that corporate job where you're do it 20 years, get the gold watch type thing. And, uh, you missed out on all your family time cause you were, you know, uh, chasing the corporate ladder, uh, you're never going to be like, oh man, I wish I had done that more. But there is a, I think, uh, there is a type of work that you never want to stop doing. You know, and doing uh, meaningful work, what God's called you to. And I don't think you'll regret that in the same way. But I think most people aren't pursuing that in any way, and they're just, you know, chasing the check. Yeah. And I think you know, with that, it's going to be like, oh, why did I do? It so is much interesting of that? as I read this list. I think about your generation and what you may think from my perspective which can be skewed, obviously, and your gen- your generation, what you would think of ours. Mm. But this article was written to people in my generation yeah, because I was just sitting there, and I actually had to laugh at number three because it says, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. <laughs> your generation doesn't struggle <laughs> with that at all. Yeah, no. They just vomited it out. I yeah. mean, and it comes out whether you like it or not. 
a lot of times unfiltered, right? I mean, wouldn't you say that's pretty characteristic? So yeah, you- and I would say you know there's a balance there, and I I think that you know some of the younger uh, people, especially some of the younger men, have seen that oh you know you don't want to bottle up your emotions, and they've gone to you know vomiting all over the place, which <laughs> yeah. is not you know that's not manly either. So I, there's a dichotomy there, but that's definitely one that my generation wouldn't have a, a, a problem with. I don't think. Uh, the fourth one was I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Mm. Uh, well, you can do that through social media, Snapchat. You'll be Snapchatting, and you know, no, I'm joking. <laughs> That's. Uh, I, I think that for my generation, it'd be like I wish that I had made more meaningful friendships. Yeah, rather I think, than, yeah. you know, yeah, uh, just connecting on social media and stuff like that. And then the fifth one, I wish that I had let myself be happier. Um, and they said this is probably one of the most common ones. Uh, I think that, but let me clarify it with this before you say that, and then you can comment. Many people did not realize until the end of their life that their happiness was a choice. Mm -hmm. They had stayed stuck in old patterns and habits, and the comfort of familiarity overflowed into their emotions. Now, we know that God doesn't call us to happiness, uh, but we there's a difference between joy and happiness uh, happiness is a fleeting temporary mm-hmm. thing um that's what that was the the, it, the point that i was going to make that it, that comes from a secular uh it position does, obviously yeah, it, yeah. it does but yeah for us as christians you know joyful joyfulness and then you know maybe they touched a little bit on there about being content as well um so yeah i think i do think that's probably something that a lot of people struggle with towards the end of their days though you know unless they lived a, a good life and uh, you know, we're dedicated to serving God. I, I will say this. There's something therapeutic about laughter. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. There really is. Uh, and when you can laugh at yourself uh, at, at the problems that you create for your mm. own life, sometimes it's funny to watch people in stores or watch people just try to figure out how to how not to look dumb doing something but they end up looking dumber and it's just funny we're, we're funny creatures as humans um but uh, i think the the biggest thing probably the biggest regret that most people are going to have at the end of their life whether believers true believers or not is i believe most people are going to wish that they had lived more of their life day to day on the for the cause of Christ, mm. I really do. If if they're not believers, they're going to wish that they were had been connected. I I actually talked to a guy on a plane one time, and you may have heard me share this story. That said, it was too late for him, and uh, he was a an older gentleman, and he had said that he had spent all of his life running from God, and it was too late for him to come to God. This part of his life that that didn't work. It mm. wouldn't work. And I told him it wasn't too late, but there's a lot of people that may feel that way. And my encouragement to you is if you know somebody like that is to tell them it's not too late until they're in the casket. Then mm-hmm. it, then it is. I mean, at that point you do, you do hit a point. Um, but you know, there's hope until you get there now pray for them, encourage them and, uh, and try to share with them, hopefully proclaim to them, that Jesus is Messiah. He has come uh, to save us from our sins. He's come to save us from ourselves. Um, 
and he he wants to give us hope. That's why he's here. And I think we're living in a time right now, Taylor, where people are needy for hope in a lot of different realms, mm-hmm. not just from the spiritual realm, but people dealing with physical illness, people dealing with financial struggles, people dealing with relational struggles. We need hope, and that's what we have if, as believers if we're not living with hope, then we are not walking in the truth. I mean, that's the bottom line. We are to be people who walk in the truth. Um, and and part of what I'm going to be sharing tomorrow at SWAT is what that looks like. What does it mean to walk in truth? It's not your truth. It's not Steve's truth. It's not my truth. Hopefully it's God's truth that we're walking in. Because uh, his truth is the only truth that really matters, uh, as we as we as we look at it. And so, you know, I I'd shared some stats earlier about um, people sharing their faith, and I thought it was just kind of bizarre that these leaders in the church, ninety nine percent of them, believe that they're commanded to preach the gospel to a lost world. And, and, and it's not just the preachers, it's the leaders, it's the people in the church. We all have that command. Preaching just means to boldly proclaim. And yet, only six out of ten, um, I mean, only four out of ten have actually done it in the last two years, according to this one survey. Even though 100% almost, 99% believe they should. What's up with the other 1%? <laughs> I don't know how they even get by that. Yeah. And I mean, isn't that crazy? Uh, so, and, and, and again, this survey was done back, uh, in, uh, it was, it was, it was done back in the nineties, like mid nineties. Oh, I would imagine it's the worse. Stats now. are much worse. I think now. they're worse now, yeah. especially on that 99%. I bet that's a lot lower. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, Hey, when we come back, I'm going to have you read Matthew five fourteen through 16 about being the light. And I want us to talk a little bit about how we go through a gospel presentation with people. How do we share the gospel clearly and give people a chance to maybe think about that? Okay. All right. So make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. Uh, we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. And we'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening online wherever you are in the country or around the world. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Said the night went to the little land. Do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb. Do you see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail as big. 
for all of you Christmas lovers out there who think that Christmas should be 365 days a year. That song was for you. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are talking about uh, this week, this year, 2022, being the year to proclaim. Um, And so we're getting into that, looking at Matthew uh, chapter 5, and Doug, I forgot the exact verse. Matthew five fourteen through 16. All right. You want me to go ahead and read it right now? I do. All right. Here we go. Uh, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a, ba- a basket, but on a stand and gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Hmm. So Jesus, before he said this, uh, was gave the first part of the beatitudes in Matthew five, when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those that mourn for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the, uh, the blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they uh, shall be satisfied. Blessed are those who are, are the peacemakers. They will be called the sons of God. So he goes through and he gives all these, um, what I call attitudes, you know, Warren Wiersbe said they're called the B attitudes because they're attitudes that should be present in us. But these are things that you can't generate. These are things that are generated in you by the Holy Spirit if you're a believer. And Jesus is teaching on this, and then he says you're going to suffer and you're going to go do this, but then he says, hey, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. And what he's saying to the disciples there, he's telling them that when when you're the light of the world, the light that is shining in you is me because over in John, he says, I'm the light of the world. That's the name. That's how I got the name. The ministry, his light international was, it was his light in us. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about going into the world and your first thought is, um, about proclaiming is, well, I, I'm not ready to talk to somebody about Jesus. My question is why, why aren't you ready? If you're his, you're ready. Uh, you, you don't have to go to Reform Seminary, <laughs> Gordon Conwell, name the seminary to be able to share the good news with somebody. And you go, but yeah, I, I might fail. You might, but he won't. He's not going to fail to do what he wants to do. And he's called you and me to go serve him out in the world. And too often... We look at our limitations instead of his expectations. <laughs> I mean, like, we, we when we go out there, we're thinking about the things we can't do instead of what he can do. And so God has called us to be obedient, and he said, be my witnesses. So if we're not doing that, why? Well, you know, I don't really know anybody who's not a Christian. Okay, why? Um, you know, I, I, I promise you, if you're a believer and you know, people in the United States, you know, people that aren't Christians, they may say they're believers. They may go to church. Um, but if they're not, uh, 
actively uh, seeking uh, God through his word, if they're not actively witnessing for him, if they're not actively showing fruits of the spirit, in the best case, they're spiritually sick. In the worst case, they're spiritually dead. Either way, they need spiritual EMTs around them to help encourage them. And so, um, you know, as we go into this year of proclaiming, we are to be light and salt. And salt is something that makes you thirsty. So when he, it, it preserves. And uh, if if you go out and you put too much salt on it, going to make them want to throw up Mm -hmm. we're to be salty to make them thirsty and again he does it through us but but we are partners with him in the same way that he told moses to tell the children of israel in exodus 19 hey you are a kingdom of priests you're a priest that you're, you're to put me on display and show people that you obey my word. Now, why do you think he wanted Moses to tell the people as priests to show people that they're obedient to the word of God? Why would that matter? Be- because it shows that they're, <clears throat> excuse me, that they have faith, that they believe what they're talking Yes. Yeah. I mean, and in the same way, if you say, oh, I'm a believer in Jesus, but you you don't tell anybody about him. You try to live this secret life of, well, I just go to church on Sunday and I try to be spiritual around the people that are already at trying to be spiritual. Then what good are you in the world? The reason that we are left, you know, you can, you're going to worship perfectly in heaven when you're on the other side of death uh, here on earth. Uh, Cause we can't really die when we go to sleep and we pass So when you pass from this life to the next, you as a believer, if you are a believer, will worship perfectly in heaven. Uh, You will have perfect knowledge. Why? Because you're going to be with the one who gave all knowledge. You'll be with Jesus. Um, Let's see. What else do we do here on earth that we are commanded to do? Um, uh, We will uh, have perfect worship. We'll be worshiping him. But what we won't be able to do in heaven is share the gospel with an unbeliever. Yeah. Because there won't be unbelievers there. And so that's what we do here on earth. We share with people that are not in relationship with God. And there's a philosophy that I was taught, a kind of a lifestyle, um, years ago by a guy who is now with the Lord. Uh, And uh, um, another guy, Perry Bowers, I mentioned earlier, who recommended – Sinclair for Thursday, and this guy named uh, Lon Allison, Dr. Lon Allison, and also Dr. Leighton Ford, really emphasize this way of thinking about sharing the gospel. It's prayer, care, and share, kind of in that order. The first thing that we have to do is start praying for unbelieving people. So let me just ask you, if you're listening out there, are you praying for any unbelievers that you're praying for their salvation? I mean, I get that we want to pray for people's physical health, but Jesus was always more concerned with their spiritual health than their physical health. The The woman at the well, just as an example, not the well, I'm sorry, the woman who touched his garment, 
you know that story, right? Mm-hmm. You're familiar with it. She had been bleeding for 12 years. She had exhausted all her money. She was desperate. And she thought, if I just touch his garment. And when she touched him, it says her bleeding stopped. But then Jesus would not let her go. Why? Because he was more concerned about her spiritual health than her physical health. He could have just let her wander back off, but he didn't want to. And he said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, well, wait a minute. Why is this guy? want? We're in a crowd. Mm -hmm. Everybody's touching him. And he goes, no, somebody touched me with faith. And that person needs spiritual healing. And then he looked her in the eye, and she was terrified. Why? Because she was in the presence of God. And he said to her, he goes, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You are well. Go in peace. And he sent her away knowing who he was. I mean, she knew who he was from a distance. He wanted to look her eye to eye. And that's the way he is with all of us. He doesn't want us to know about him. He wants us to know him. So we need to be praying and people of prayer lifting up uh, people to God uh, before we go tell people about God. Because if we try to do it on our own, it's it's going to be like uh, the psalmist says in Psalm 120, uh, I think it's 127, unless the Lord builds a house, you labor in vain. So you can go out in all your human efforts. You can be the best debater in the world. You can have all your information laid out. But unless the spirit pulls down the veil off that person's eyes, they're never going to see God. The mercy of God is going to have to uh, flow into their life, pulling off the veil. And the good thing is that no matter how evil they've been, no matter how bad they've been, no matter how long they've been doing it, that God can pull the veil off even at the very end of their life like he did the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross to me is one of the most encouraging stories in the Bible because here's a guy who spent his whole life um, not doing anything probably worthwhile. We don't know what he did, but he ended up on a cross for, Mm -hmm. for robbery. Probably he said, we deserve what we got. And he looked at Jesus and he didn't go to church because they didn't have a church then, right? They had synagogue, but he probably, he probably went to synagogue, but he certainly wasn't following the ways of, of God. And he ends up on a cross, and he looks at Jesus. He said, today you'll be with me in paradise. I mean, don't you want to hear that? I want to hear that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if I could hear the audible voice of God say, today you're going to be with me, that would be one of the most comforting things you could ever hear in your life. And he heard it. And so we need to be praying for people. We need to have a passion to pray for uh, people and um, lift them up to God. And um, I want to share a story when we come back about Moses, uh, about that particular thing, how he dealt with people who were making terrible choices and what Moses said and even what Paul said about um, about these people to God, because it's striking. Uh, it's really striking the amount of passion that Moses and Paul had for unbelievers or people that were in rebellion against God. Mm. So make sure you stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. It's the most wonderful time of the With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends... Well, back home in Indiana... uh... January is my least favorite month of the year. The snow's brown, it's cold, there's nothing to look forward to. But down here, it is a pretty wonderful time of the year. Uh, So that song, obviously a Christmas song, but we're uh, playing it there for you a little bit again today. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are talking about um, the year of proclamation 2022. If you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Hey, uh, I, um, I, you know, over the holidays, we got a um, couple of uh, requests because we played, like I said, some best of and um, there, there were several people that, uh, had requested is Jesus God's. I have those on order. Uh, they have not come in. I have to order those direct. And so, uh, hopefully I'll get those and get those out, uh, later this week. But if Jason, if you're listening up in Virginia, I wanted to let you know your book by Tommy Nelson walking on water is on its way and hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you. Thank you for uh, listening and uh, your encouraging email. Thank you for your service to our country, and uh, hopefully that will be an encouragement to you. And if you're listening, be a proclaimer. Uh, Be a proclaimer out there. Um, And, uh, you know, I I just think uh, right now especially it's a tough time to be in the military in our country, Mm -hmm. and um, we need to lift up our military guys. Uh, They're – just really um, sad to me a lot of guys are being kind of forced out right now uh, because of the vaccine uh, they they have uh, made a choice that they do not want to take the vaccine and uh, you're talking about people that have been in some of them 20 years 18 years some of them 12 years uh, who were thinking they would be there for 
mm-hmm. you know, a retirement and they're not there. So lift up our militaries again. Uh, thank you, Jason, for, for listening. And, uh, your book is on the way. You should have it Friday. So, uh, walking on water and it's a, a really encouraging book on, uh, walking through some of the potholes of depression. Hmm. Uh, Tommy went through that. Hope to have Tommy on next month. Uh, hopefully get him back. He's always, like I said, a good guest. Uh, Taylor, I want to go back to prayer and being in God's presence. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember the guy who told me this. Uh, he quoted to somebody else, but he said, you know, we got to speak uh, to God about people before we speak to people about God. Mm. And we need to be in alignment with him and be lifting up people, praying for people. And if you go to Exodus chapter 32, and uh, in fact, uh, if, as you turn there, I was just thinking, and I was going to tell it, but I'm just going to have you read. Uh, I'll set the stage. What's happening is Moses had been gone. He had gone up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments. He comes down from the Ten Commandments uh, with the Ten Commandments. The children of Israel are engaged in gross immorality. They are violating the commands of God. Even even though Moses has the Ten Commandments, people knew in their hearts. They knew these things were wrong. They were involved in idol worship after God delivered them out of Egypt, they were doing all these things that were offensive to a holy God. And Moses' initial reaction, just the human quick check kind of reaction is to be angry. But then he interceded for these people and cried out. And what did he say in Exodus 32, 32? 32, 32. I thought you were going to say 11. All right. But now if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book that you have written. Wow. Do you, do you do you feel the gravity of what he just said? I mean, he says, forgive their sin. But if you won't forgive their sin, then blot me out of your book. Well, his book is the book of life. I mean, that's what he's talking about. He knows the book. He's talking about, if you won't forgive them, blot my name out of the book. That's, and you go, well, no, no, he's not really meaning that. Flip over to Romans chapter 10 real quick. Because basically what he's saying is, God, if you won't forgive them, condemn me to hell. And you go, nobody would pray that. Uh, read, Read Romans 10, 1 through 3 real quick. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Are you reading Romans 9? Oh, I thought you said 10. No, no, oh. no, no. no. It, was, uh, it was 10. I'm sorry. It is Romans 10. 1 through 3? Uh, that was 1 through 3, yeah. Uh, it was all right. Maybe I'm wrong, man. If I am, I'm 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 losing it because I I've quoted this verse. Um. Uh, no, no, it it was Romans nine. I gave you the wrong chapter. It's Romans nine. Okay, Romans nine one through three. My apologies, <laughs> folks. My apologies. A little late in the day for me. Uh, go ahead, Romans nine. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. 
My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accused and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers. Stop. I wish I could be accursed. You know, I wish that I could be accursed from Christ. To be accursed from Christ is to be condemned to hell. So almost the same prayer from Paul that Moses prayed. How could they pray these prayers? Well, they both had spent an inordinate amount of time with God. Moses had just been on the mountain with God for 40 days. He had been in the presence of God. When Moses was in the presence of God, he came down, his face glowed. He'd been around the holiness of God. And with that intimacy with God, instead of seeing people as a burden, he saw people with a burden. And there's a difference. And too often when we look at people that are hurting people, people that are making mistakes, people that are out there um, causing havoc because they're lost, we see them as burdens instead of seeing them with a burden like Moses had. Like, uh, you know, shepherds have a burden for their sheep. Mm -hmm. Shepherds care about their sheep. And... And we need to intercede for people. We need to spend time with God. And I, I want you to have this picture in your mind. I use this a lot. It's a multi-tiered landscape fountain where uh, you have a bottom bowl, you have a, 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 a smaller bowl on top of that, then you have a smaller bowl, and then another smaller bowl, and the very top is the fountain. Well, Jesus is the fountain, and you're the top bowl. The next bowl is your family. The next bowl is your friends and those that you see on a regular basis. The next bowl, the bottom bowl, is people you don't even know yet, but people you'll meet. If you're not drinking deeply from Jesus every day, uh, Matthew 7 says, anyone who comes to me, I, I mean, sorry, John 7 says, anyone who comes to me, who's thirsty, come to me, and out of you will flow rivers of living water. And that water is the Holy Spirit. So if you're not drinking deeply from Jesus every day in his word and in his presence, you're going to be dry. And if you're dry in your top bowl, guess what? Your family ain't going to get any spiritual nourishment from you. Mm -hmm. And your friends, they're not going to get any spiritual encouragement from you. But if you're drinking deeply every day, uh, it doesn't mean you're going to be their savior. You can't be their savior, but you can be a source of encouragement to them at what God is doing in your life, at the perspective you bring. Because uh, we're all broken people living in a broken world. That doesn't change just because you have Jesus. The world is still broken even with Christ in your life. But he helps you navigate through that broken world uh, not alone. And really, isn't that what all we want, right? I mean, like, we, we just don't want to have to do it alone. I mean, that's what everybody wants is to walk through this minefield called life with help and hope. And really that's what hell is Taylor. I mean, it's, it is a place I'm not, I'm not minimizing the fact that it's a place, but hell is a place where there's no help and no hope. And I just think as believers, we should be burdened for 
the unbeliever, not burdened by the unbeliever. Yeah. And I think far too often that's flipped, you know? Yeah, I think it is. And, and I would, seems to me like maybe even in church leadership, it's, it's flipped that way. And, you know, thinking about uh, Moses and, and Paul, and it just kind of strikes me as, as they have been conformed, um, you know, to the image of Christ, that their hearts then are going to reflect what Christ's heart was for us, which was, you know, that he was willing to be cut off from God uh, in order that we might be saved. And so uh, that was kind of my takeaway as you were reading those two uh, verses. And obviously uh, Moses was uh, before Christ, but he did spend time up on the mountain uh, with God in the flesh. And that'll that'll change your heart, I'm pretty sure, right? Yes. Yeah, it really will. I think it will. Well, hey, we, we really talked about prayer today. Tomorrow we're going to talk about caring how 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 can we care for people around us how do we care for people around us uh there's a lot of hurting people in the world like i said right now um there's people hurting from loss loss of relationship people hurting from loss loss of people in their life and we as believers have a message of hope that's that's the the most beautiful thing about Jesus is the hope that he brings to people and we we need to take that and uh, you know I want to give a shout out to my, our swap brother Gil uh, been praying for him and hope he's doing well and uh, he just uh, encouraged me with a little text and I wanted to give him a shout out and let him know that we're lifting him up in prayer amen and yeah. uh, just uh, all you people that are out there listening, thank you for listening. Again, we this is five years that God's allowed us to do this, and we couldn't do it without you guys. Um, so every time I keep saying, okay, we're probably going to pack it up, somebody will encourage me with an email, or, or somebody will come in and say, hey, we heard you, and we want to help you keep doing this. So thank you guys, and uh, we're going to keep doing it till God shuts the door. All right, and that's all the time we've got for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to swatradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 